Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Contributing to the hurry sickness inside of me, you're likely to find 
that it's worry, anxiety, and fear that's fueling that out-of-control pace. And, man, there is so much fear in our world these days, isn't it? I mean, you scroll through your news feed or you watch the cable news, and they're always cranking up the fear factor because they know that fear is what drives clicks. Fear is what drives viewership. Y'all ever watch the local evening news? Now, those of you under 50 are going, I don't know, what, what is that? Uh, it, it comes on right before Wheel of Fortune. That's what that is. Uh, you're, you're watching the news, and you just polished off like this fresh green salad because you want to eat healthier this year. And right before the anchors go to a commercial break, it's like, can you really trust your romaine lettuce? An alarming study when we come right back. And then during the commercial, some new prescription drug is being promoted. And the disclaimer, you know, that fast-talking disclaimer, it's longer than the entire commercial. You know what I'm talking about? I heard an especially long disclaimer uh, one night for a certain drug, and it went on and on and on and on. So I went to their website, and I downloaded an edited version, an edited version of their disclaimer. The drug will remain nameless, but this is what it said. If you, your family, or caregiver notice agitation, hostility, depression, or change in behavior, thinking, or mood that are not typ typical for you, or you develop suicidal thoughts or actions, anxiety, panic, aggression, anger, mania, abnormal sensations, hallucinations, paranoia, or confusion, stop taking blank and call your doctor right away. Also tell your doctor about any history of depression or other mental health problems before taking blank, as these symptoms may worsen while taking blank. Some people can have serious skin reactions while taking blank, some of which can become life-threatening. These can include rash, swelling, redness, and peeling of the skin. Some people can have allergic reactions to blank, some of which can be life-threatening and include swelling of the face, mouth, and throat that can cause trouble breathing. If you have these symptoms or a rash with peeling skin or blisters in your mouth, stop taking blank and get medical attention right away. In clinical trials, the most common side effects of blank include nausea, sleep problems, constipation, gas, vomiting, and these are not all the side effects of blank. Ask your doctor or pharmacist for more information. I'm thinking, dang, can I get a prescription for fear, right? Arthur Roche says this, is worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. So let me ask you, what's draining your thoughts these days? Now, I'm not talking about being merely concerned about something. It's okay to have concern. But I'm talking about when you and I take it to a whole nother level, where we're just obsessively worried and all stressed out. Maybe what started as a thin stream of fear has now turned into this raging river of anxiety that has you living with your head barely above the water level? If so, you're not alone. The latest stats show that some kind of anxiety disorder affects over 40 million American adults. About, that's about 18% of the United States population, and that's only the adult population. You throw in kids and students, and that number goes much, much higher. And the truth is, we all occasionally wrestle with worry and anxiety. All of us, from time to time, get a little fearful. And I think it's why, out of all the commands that Jesus gives us in the Gospels, he gives this one more than any other, 21 times, three times as, many time, three times as much as the one in second place, some form of fear not. Don't be afraid. Take heart. Be of good cheer. Don't panic. Take courage. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. Which tells me, having lived in our skin, that Jesus knows that fears are a very real struggle. And it also tells me 
that he cares about our fears because he knows that fear can paralyze us and fill our lives with so much regret. The, the Greek word in the Bible that's used for worry and anxiety is marizo, which literally means to be pulled in different directions, to have distracting cares. Does distracted describe anybody these days? Have you ever said, man, I feel like I am being pulled a thousand different directions? There's this amazing talk that Jesus gives over in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And in the middle of it, he starts talking about how money and material things can really, really mess with you and me, even steal our heart away from God. And then he says this in verse 25. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing? Over, over in Luke's account of this teaching, Luke points out that Jesus turns to his disciples when he says this. He is personally talking to his 12 guys, his 12 closest followers. He says, listen, guys, that's, that's why I've been trying to tell you not to worry about stuff. It steals your heart away. It distracts you from real life. It will pull you a thousand different directions, and it will make your whole life about you. And when your whole life is about you, then you will think that you have to control everything, even things you can't control. And when life is all about you, then you're going to chase all kinds of stuff, shallow, empty stuff. You'll be all stressed out about projecting the right image. You're going to worry about what people think of you, what people are saying about you, how they see you. And listen, guys, someday you're going to be standing in a checkout line at, at like the Jerusalem Walmart. And you will see these things called tabloids. The covers are filled with beautiful people. And someday you're going to scroll through images on your smartphone. And you'll be tempted to make your whole life about fad diets and body image and fashion. I'm telling you right now, it's all an illusion and a shallow way to live. And you need to know that many of the people who will appear on those covers are absolutely miserable. They're so stressed out and worried about so much. So guys, I want you to learn right now, life is so much more than temporary things like fortune and fame and food and fashion. And it is. And then he turns back to the whole crowd and he says this, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Man, that's a great question to ask ourselves. Aren't I much more valuable to God than they are? I don't know, maybe Jesus pointed to some birds flying overhead. And he said, look at them, look at them. Now, it's true, they don't just sit around, they, they work, they hunt for food, they bring it back to their families, but they're not freaking out about it. They instinctively know that their creator will provide. That's why they sing. You'll never hear them saying, can you believe the price of worms these days? Insect inflation is out of control. We were going to fly south for the winter, but you know the way the economy is right now. No, it goes more like this. So the robin to the sparrow, what I'd really like to know is why those anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, well, I guess that it must be that they have no heavenly father, the kind that cares for you and me. So Jesus is saying, listen, if, if birds matter to God, don't you think that you matter to him? Because you are the object of his affection. You mean so much more to him than anything else in all of creation. And besides that, Jesus says this, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Man, that's another great question to ask yourself. I've had to ask that question. 
Is all this stress actually adding to the quality of my life? Is my anxiety, my worry, my fear, my attempts to control everything, is it adding years to my existence? Why am I, am I allowing this thin trickle of fear to turn into a raging river that is draining all my thoughts? Let's just get honest for a while about the effects of worry. Somebody put it like this. Worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. It's like you and I take the tiniest little thing that just might happen, and we blow it up. Like we, we magnify like 400%. I was reading an excerpt from an illustrated children's book designed to help kids who are struggling with anxiety disorders, and it said this, worry is like planting a tomato seed. If you water them and feed them and tend to them every day, pretty soon you'll have tomatoes everywhere. You will have tomatoes in your salad. You will eat tomato sandwiches, tomato juice, tomato ice cream, tomato cookies. And they all came from that one little seed that got planted, and you tended it every day. And I got thinking that if you tend it enough, the tomato starts eating you. And that's a scary image. So this is not me asking. This is Jesus asking. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Because I love you all so much, and I want you so much to experience the peace of God, the peace that transcends all human understanding, can I just be so bold to ask a few personal probing questions? Do other people frequently tell you you worry way too much? Do you worry about bad things happening even when everything's going great? You're thinking, oh, the bottom's going to fall out. Has fear and worry stopped you from pursuing what you want in life? Do your fears just keep you up at night? Do you feel like you've got a broken record of endless worries just playing in your head? Are you finding yourself more on edge, more irritable toward other people lately? Do you often try to ease your anxiety, your worries with food, with alcohol, with shopping, with sexual addictions? If you answer yes to any of those questions, I need to tell you your worry is reaching dangerously toxic levels. And you really need to talk to somebody about it. And you know what? Sometimes it is a physiological issue that may be helped with medication. Listen, there, there's no shame there. I got all kinds of friends and family members who have found that to be very, very helpful. But for lasting internal peace, you have to ask yourself these same questions that Jesus is asking and answer them honestly and then lean into him daily for help and start to make the necessary changes. And Jesus wraps this up by saying, and here's the biggest change you need to make. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Put your trust in the unshakable God. Seek him first as we just sang he's the god of generations and he won't fail someone put it like this peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of god peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of god so let, let me just share a little acrostic that's helped me make a deliberate adjustment to my life with all of this i told you before there was a time in my life where uh, these words that Jesus spoke about worry in Matthew chapter 6 and a passage from Philippians chapter 4, they were plastered all over the place. 
I needed to see them all the time. I had them on, on the dashboard of my truck. I had them on my bathroom mirror. You, you remember back in the day where your computer screen had a scrolling thing, you know, like a screensaver scrolling across of it? These verses were my screensaver. Here, here's the passage from Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, that is such a rich go-to passage when you're feeling worried and stressed and anxious. So here's a little acrostic that goes along with that passage. I originally got this from Max Lucado. Four practical things based on Philippians 4 that you and I can do when anxiety, fear, and worry start to get the best of us. It's each letter of the word calm, calm. The C in the word calm stands for this, celebrate God's goodness. That passage started with rejoice in the Lord always. He's good. He's faithful. And did you catch that he is near? He said the Lord is near. He's not far. He's not distant. He's not unconcerned. He's with you. He's in you right here, right now. Lean into that reality. It's not wishful thinking, but reality. Like Jesus said, he's your father. He's your daddy. He's your Abba. Trust him. I, I may have told you this before, but I have regrets over never doing this with my grandkids because it is such a stellar granddad idea. A friend of mine told me that she would spend the night at her grandparents' house, and her granddad, who she loved with all of her heart, would take a bag of Cheerios and give every kid a bag of Cheerios, and they would go out in the backyard, and they would plant donut seeds. Then the next morning before they got up, you know, he went to the donut shop and bought a dozen donuts and would go out in the backyard and strategically put donuts all over the backyard. Then when they would wake up, they'd run out in the backyard and all pick donuts for breakfast. She said it was so much fun and a, and a lasting memory. And they all believed it because of who said it. So I got to ask myself, do I really believe my father? Do I trust that God will provide for me? Do I really believe that my father is in control and he's working all things together for my ultimate good? Do I really believe that my past and my present and my future is in his hands? Do I really believe that this life is temporary and he's prepared a much better place for me? Do I trust in the one who promises me that he'll provide? See, I'm learning if I can get my eyes off of me and my situation and onto him, my father, if I will acknowledge his goodness and his constant care and provision, it just changes my stress levels. I can rest in the fact that he is in control and I need to let go of trying to control everything. Doesn't mean I'm not proactive in the situation, but I realize I can't control it all. And I just need to let God be God and celebrate his sovereignty and his goodness. The A in the word calm stands for ask God for help. Ask God for help. One of, the, one of the main reasons for unanswered prayer is prayerlessness. We just never got around to asking him for help. So this passage reminds us to talk to him in anxious moments. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Ask him for help. Tell him honestly how you're feeling in the moment. 
Ask him to point you to the truth. Ask him to help you see the bigger picture and relax in his power and his love. I have found a great way to do that is to regularly use that little serenity prayer that's used in a lot of uh, recovery programs. You've no doubt seen it. Can we just throw it up on the screen and maybe read this out loud together? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Just talk to him. Say, God, help me not to worry about things I have no control over. Instead, give me the courage to get after things in my life that I can control. And Father, you said, if, any, if anybody lacks wisdom to ask you, so God, I'm asking for it. I'm asking for help. And when you do that, did, did you see how it said to do it with thanksgiving in your heart? So as you celebrate God's goodness and you ask him for help, you get real practical, and the L stands for list things you're grateful for. List things you're grateful for. Now, I know I have talked ad nauseum about gratitude. You're probably tired of hearing me mention it. But, gang, I'm telling you, God's word is permeated with this practice. And I have come to believe that the practice of gratitude is one of the most powerful ways to drive out fear and anxiety. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's an AA, and one of the guys that he's been sponsoring, he sponsors like four or five guys, one guy called him last week and said, man, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And uh, then he said, he said I'm, I'm sensing this impending sense of doom. And my buddy told him, hey, listen, as soon as we hang up, I want you to sit down and start writing a gratitude list because it's amazing what happens. And I'm just telling you, it really, really is. If you want to regret-proof your life, you have to build a heart of gratitude. You see, as Thanksgiving goes up, anxiety goes down. That's just the way it works. I shared this a while back, but I've kept it in my office uh, for a lot of years. It's written by the late Frederick Buechner. It just says this, listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is in the boredom and the pain of it no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the hidden and holy heart of it because in the final analysis, all moments are key moments. And life itself is grace. When you live with that kind of awareness, you live with that kind of gratitude in your heart, it just calms you down. So celebrate God's goodness. Ask him for help list things you're grateful for and then the m stands for meditate on things that are true meditate on things that are true now there's been a ton written about different types of meditation and lots of people practice some form of meditation some form of mindfulness or maybe you do breathing exercises or stretching or my favorite uh, afternoon naps but when the bible talks about meditation it's not talking about getting your quads and your hamstrings in an uncomfortable position and empty in your mind. Rather, we are instructed in Scripture to actually fill our minds, to fill our minds with good stuff, real stuff, positive stuff, eternal stuff, life-giving principles, life-changing perspective. You dwell on it. You chew on it. You hide it in your heart. You memorize it. You revisit it. You highlight it. You chew on it again. Here's what the last part of that passage in Philippians 4 says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Fill your mind, meditate on these kinds of things. Now, I am not talking about 
the power of positive thinking, like some motivational speaker conference thing. But honestly, negative thoughts can't lead to a positive life. It's like if you put the batteries upside down on a flashlight, no lights are coming on. And the people who really, really shine are those who just consistently think great thoughts. We, we've seen this a bunch, but look at what the Apostle Paul, who also wrote that Philippians 4 passage, says this in Romans 12. He says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. So you ask God, what can I feed my mind with this year so that it can flourish? And God will show you all kinds of healthy things, and he will help you filter through things that are lovely and aren't, and are right and aren't, and are things that are noble and things that aren't noble. And those things will start to feed your mind. And as you feed your mind, as you meditate on that truth, it begins to lower your anxiety levels. There's an old adage that says, if you can worry, you can meditate. You see, like worry, meditation is just churning a thought over and over and over and over in your mind. And as you do that, your brain is rewiring itself, your mind is being fed much-needed truth, and your anxiety is replaced with that peace that transcends all human understanding. My, my youngest son, the children's book writer guy that I shared a few weeks ago, he started practicing this in a way that works for him. He reads through a psalm in the Old Testament section of the Bible, and then he writes a short recap of what he got out of it, how God spoke to him. And he does it in, in rhyme, and he calls these things tiny psalms. I just think it's a cool way for him to practice this meditation. For instance, here's a tiny psalm he wrote, Psalm 23. Some of you are familiar with Psalm 23. Here's his synopsis. You are my shepherd. You're all that I need. When I need to breathe here, you walk at my speed. When the road gets scary, I'll look for your eyes. There's nothing to fear when you're by my side. Psalm 25, he wrote this. Show me your ways, Lord. Mine's a dead end. Unveil your path like a secret to a friend. My hope is in you. Your truth is my guide. Remember me, Lord. Keep me close to your side. Just a simple way that works for him to meditate on Scripture. Maybe you could read and write something like that. Because if you can worry, you can meditate. For instance, you, you might read a verse of Scripture that says, uh, The earth is filled with his unfailing love. So you read that, and you start to churn that concept over and over in your mind. God has unfailing love. Not just love. He has unfailing love. He alone is a source of unfailing love. It's amazingly available. It says the earth is full of it. He loves me with an unfailing love, an unfailing love, an unfailing love. Nothing can separate me from his unfailing love. His unfailing love is high, and it's wide, and it's deep, and it's long. Or maybe you read a verse from 1 Peter that says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so you read it and you go, I need to do that. I need to throw this off. I'm going to give it to God. God, I give it to you. I know you care for me. You really care for me. God cares for me. He cares for me. He cares for the birds. He cares for me. I can't do anything about this anyway. Any attempt I make at control is just a lack of humility and just makes it worse. So God... I'm just going to cast it on you. I'm letting it go. I'm giving it to you, God. I'm casting it on you. I'm casting it on you. I'm going to trade this in for your unexplainable peace because you care for me. You care for me. Wow, you care for me. Just churning that thought over and over in your mind, meditating on that truth. And, gang, I'm telling you, this is a big deal because life gets hard, and when it does, 
I guarantee you the enemy will be there to whisper lies like, see, God, he didn't love you. Unfailing love, you got to be kidding me. Your whole life is falling apart. You ought to be freaking out. You need to be anxious. You ought to worry. I mean, think of all the what ifs. God does not care about you. The enemy of our soul, whose agenda is to kill, kill, steal, and destroy, wants those thoughts churning over and over and over in our minds. But when you and I have been consistently downloading truth into our mind, you're able to see those lies for what they are, actual lies, because the truth you've been meditating on is calming you down. So you want to see fear and anxiety levels fall? You want to maintain a sense of calm in this new year? Celebrate God's goodness, ask Him for help, list things you're grateful for, and meditate on what is true. So, like we did last week, I want to give us all a chance to practice this right now at all of our campuses. Uh, just to slow down and breathe deeply. Uh, no one moving around or rushing for the parking lot. Just sit. Cast all your anxiety on him. Slow down, reflect. You might even need to cuddle up a little bit because it's cold. But just reflect on what God says to you. He's your father. And I'm just telling you, he, he wants to give you peace. He wants to calm you down. He wants to draw you close. He wants to take your anxiety and your worry. So we're just going to scroll through some awesome truth on the screens and just give you a chance for a few minutes to be still and just read and meditate on God's words to you and experience the peace that transcends all human understanding. Let's just do that for a few minutes.
over every person within the sound of my voice today. Where there is worry and fear, doubt, questions, that your peace passes all understanding would wash over every heart right now. These words are true. And in this moment, God, I, I just ask, we repent, God, for the areas of our life where we are hurried, where we are overwhelmed with worry and fear and we have forgotten your very character. We turn our hearts, our attention back to you where we've lost that focus. Would you use these words to remind our souls who you are, God, a God of rest and peace. We ask this in the name above every name, Jesus. Everyone said amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church slash digital.